Hey, this is Brandon Sanderson, author of Mistborn. Welcome to the Legendarium. Oh gosh, I'm I'm tortured in the way that one is when Edward Cullen comes into her life. Welcome everybody to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig Hanks, your dutiful host, uh, and with me as always, for, well, for these uh, Stormlight Archives books, the four of these uh, mangy fellows and lady. Uh, well, his musk is remarkably similar to that of an oxen. It's Ken Johnson. You want me to talk now? Now I, I can like, talk. And I like her the way I like a litter box. Fresh, clean, and as far away from me as possible, it's Megan Smythe. Oh, you're so Aww. good at not being unobnoxious. <laughs> and callback Thank there. you. He's as dull as lead and twice as dense. It's Todd Wenty. I may be dense, but I am valuable. He, and we never let him near bright light, water, or food after midnight. It's Ryan Bruckman. That's because I reproduce very quickly. <laughs> oh. That's not what you I've heard. heard. Well played. Well played. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get started, it is uh, today episode 106, Words of Radiance, parts three and four. We are not done with this book yet. After this episode, we have one more to go. Uh, today, we are continuing with our Words of Radiance giveaway. I announced that last week. Just uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. But first... We need to announce the winner of the Way of Kings giveaway Yay. that went on. Uh, the Way of Kings signed book goes to none other than one Strahil Todorov. Hooray! So, or however you say, say his name. Now, I'm really excited about this, and I gotta say, here's how you all can know that it was uh, that it was legitimately randomized because I, I took everybody's name, everybody who entered, and he's the one that popped out. Uh, I believe he's living in the UK, yeah. and yeah, that's right. there's no way that we would actually actively seek to ship a hardcover book <laughs> to the UK, <laughs> but we're going to do it because, uh, frankly, I don't think anybody deserves it more. He has been awesome, very supportive. Uh, we see him on the live video all the time. Uh, I haven't looked. I bet he's on there already. Yep. Um, but anyway. Genuinely uh, appreciative of him. Mr. Todorov, good job. Congratulations. You win. And uh, hopefully you will continue listening even though you won the book. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you could be done with us now. Um, now, on to this giveaway, the Words of Radiance giveaway. Uh, there is something that I neglected to mention last week, and I just very quickly wanted to say it now. This Words of Radiance giveaway. That's me. Shut that's, it off, Ken. That's me. That's me. Uh, this Words of Radiance giveaway is not available to our listeners outside the United States. I am very sorry about that. Unfortunately, we are not the ones shipping the items. So we are happy to pay shipping for yeah, Strahil or whoever else outside the U.S. to get these items. But unfortunately, these items are coming directly from BrandonSanderson.com and the shipping costs are prohibitive for them. And so uh, they have asked that we open this only to U.S.-based listeners. Uh, anyway, on that note, we do hope that you'll still participate, listen in, and uh, listen for the word of the day a few minutes from now. Uh, I already gave you the first one in the last episode. Today's is the second. So if you tweet at us or Facebook message us or email us the the phrase after the next episode, 
uh, you will be entered to win either the map poster, the Roshar map poster, the Bridge 4 t-shirt, or the signed Words of Radiance. Super cool. And if you go to patreon.com slash legendarium and support the podcast there, you are you are automatically entered to win the Lightweaver pin, uh, which is, I think, a very, very cool. Are you sure it? there's no way that we can win that? <laughs> yep. Ugh. Suckers. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. Uh, anyway, true. it's the Legendarium Podcast brought to you by our listeners on Patreon. We brought to you by you. Seriously, we yep. need you there. Patreon.com/slash/Legendarium. <laughs> All right, four minutes of Craig talking is quite enough. So let's get started. Words of radiance. Here we go. Ryan, you want to take it away? Yes, I'm going to. I did my best with this recap to condense it as much as possible for you. Because a lot of stuff happens in this section. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm going to miss a lot of things, people. It's just going to happen. So we'll deal with that. So basically everything in this section, parts two and three, is dealing with the aftermath. Three and four. Sorry, three and four. Is dealing with the aftermath of the attack by the assassin in white. Shalon has finally arrived fully at the Shattered Plains and now must continue Yasna's research and discover Uri Thiru while convincing the Alethi about the dangers of the Parshman winning over her new dual-crazy boy toy, Adolin, infiltrate the mysterious organization known as the Ghostbloods, who have been haunting her family story for years, and learn how to utilize her newly rediscovered powers of illumination. That seems like quite a tall order for her, but such is, such is her story. After a failed attempt at negotiating peace with Eshenai, Dalinar decides it's time to end the war and starts to plan a push to the center of the Shattered Plains to defeat the Parshendi once and for all. His plan to disarm the other king, the other high princes, goes better than anticipated when Adolin, with the help of Kaladin and Renarin, kind of, defeats four shard bearers in a disadvantaged duel that Adolin unintentionally agreed to. <laughs> now Kaladin, he discovers that one of his men, Moash, has been involved in a plot to kill the king, and he must figure out where his loyalties, Kaladin's, lie. After helping Adolin in the disadvantaged duel, Kaladin claims what he believes is an offered boon and demands to duel Amaram. This lands him in prison, where he discovers he's having some problems with his powers. This becomes a real problem when he finds himself falling into a chasm with Shallan during an assassination attempt on Dalinar. And then Shallan and Kaladin have a fantastic we're going to die date and she reveals her shard blade to Kaladin. <laughs> Those were always my best. Yeah, first date's always a good thing, right? You never show your shard blade on the first date. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, man. She reveals her shard blade to Kaladin when they are forced to take on a chasm fiend right before a high storm hits. And they emerge from the chasm to the absolute astonishment of Dalinar, who is beginning to suspect that Kaladin may be what he is looking for in his attempt to refound the Knight's Radiant, currently headed by none other than Amaram. Boo. <laughs> Boo! Well, Dalinar decides it's time to just put uh, Kaladin's story about Amaram to the test, and he pays off Kaladin's trust by proving that Amaram did, in fact, lie about getting his, how he got his shard blades and banishes him from the camp before they go on their journey out into the Shattered Plains. Now, all that's been great, but we also still have the most <laughs> disturbing backstory to date, yeah. where Shallan works to keep her family together until her father becomes his very own lie and kills his wife. She poisons him, and then realizing that the poison wasn't potent enough, sings him a lullaby as she chokes the life out of him with her necklace and a fork. Super creepy. Not, not creepy. just a lullaby. The same, the same lullaby. The same lullaby. Yeah, super creepy. 
Let's discuss the section. I, oh <laughs> I like I liked that part. Well done. That was it was it was excellently written, but it was tragically portrayed. It was just it, it really, did answer the really question of did she moving. actually kill her father? Yes. That's true. Uh, yes, yeah. she did. <laughs> yes. I was just glad that I read that during the daytime because mm-hmm. wow, the daytime of the, the night. Day- what? Even the f- this being like the fourth time I've gone through this, I read that and I'm just still creeped out every time I get through there and she starts singing and she's like twisting the chain. I'm like, you are a sick human being. No, no, she's no, not. She's not. No. It's no, it's that what is... Kaladin said. This is the strongest person he's ever met. Yes. Yeah. When when someone has been when someone has been in a relationship where they've been that badly abused and the only way that they can solve it is by taking that kind of drastic action and yet they maintain grip on their humanity that is uh, astounding sick tragic and astounding um but the i think the the for me the most powerful line in that particular process was kaladin here kaladin hears this story and then he says and yet she smiles yeah and then yeah. She, Storm about it, it. she smiled it was the most beautiful thing he had ever seen i i really like personally i i really enjoyed that first date the the mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna die date <laughs> um i thought it was really good it was it, the way that brandon is writing it so far and i will have you know i've cheated on a few other uh podcasts and read ahead a little bit i have not read one word ahead of where we are today yeah. uh and so the way he's written it so far is very clever where when kaladin and shalon are down there in the chasms the the feelings that come up it's inevitable mm-hmm. you you can't go through something like that with two people as young and fit and attractive as right. they are and witty well, as they yeah. are without these feeling com- feelings coming up but he doesn't let it immediately derail the characters no she right. she gets out and and she's like no i'm i'm with adolin and so she goes to adolin it's not like oh gosh i'm I'm tortured in the way that one is when Edward Cullen comes into her life. Uh, you know, Twilight, Twilight. yeah, it's so I, I think he's a little more deft yeah. than some authors out there. Absolutely. Well, and he's been telegraphing this this whole time, even oh, from sure. their very first from their meeting, very first meeting yeah. Yeah. where she's the horny to princess and she asked for his boots. And it's, you need to you need to really um, enunciate that. Horn eater princess. Man. Horn eater princess. I didn't, I didn't go where Craig that went. That is what I said. I just uh, Ken, you, you you messaged us during when you went through this section and said, I want this on the record right now, and I'm giving you a chance right here to put it on the record. Oh, I, I, I hate I hate love triangles. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I, I did. The moment they met, I, I made sure to get that on the record. I'm like, oh, I love triangles. Great. Right. I'm sure we'll do that effect. I'm not going to pretend that I'm super excited about the yeah. love triangle, but if there's anyone I trust with, you yeah, know what exactly. Yeah, yeah I I've yeah. seen him do romance before, and I I like the way that Brandon Sanderson handles it, and I don't think it's going to be. It's enjoyable when it's. I mean, you think back to like Zane and Vin, and yeah. Although, might I point out, out that he and Stephanie Meyer came out of the same school of writing. Uh, you may point that out, but it <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not really sure I'm, I buy that. I'm totally kidding. The, the I mean, I'm not kidding. They did, but I'm kidding that that matters. Uh, the the <laughs> the thing that I like the the thing that I like about it is that it doesn't become it it, it doesn't become the thing that drives any other action. Right. There's there's nothing going on yeah. in this that that even when the the line and I'm trying to remember it because again I was I was listening to it um, when he says he was holding he was holding Shalon in the small little space uh, aware that she was. 
that she was in tatters of a dress, but everything that was going on in his mind about the storm had blocked that out completely. Mm-hmm. I was very, I, I, I like the way that Brandon is keeping all of us as readers focused on the story. What matters. Yeah. And not on, and not allowing Wait, the other things to become distractions as well. While at the same time acknowledging that this is that, a really that things awful, are happening. Yeah. Um, they're all still under the really surface. young. Yeah. I love yeah. that the, we've, this has already d- driven us right into discussion, but I'm going to pull us back here a little bit. No, screw you. <laughs> and we're going to say, I've got to go through what, uh, I'm going to give you each your chance to tell us your section, your quote, your something from this piece, uh, because if we don't get that in there, we're going to be in the chasm for all hour and a half. <laughs> then can I start? Because mine actually yes. has to do with the love triangle. Oh, it um, does too. <laughs> okay, then let Ken go first. Yeah, I want to hear this. Shallan and Adolin walked off toward the it menagerie. It is the same one. Is it really? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Kaladin retrieved his spear from the back of the carriage, then jogged up to catch, eventually falling into a f- uh, in a few steps behind them. He listened to them both laughing and wanted to punch them in the face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. The, the, the Section three, uh, particularly in section four, were just so funny. They did all these little funny moments in this building turbulent tumultuous story it's, it's great when shallan and adolin first meet and stuff like who's that wait what mm-hmm. <laughs> so good anyway that's mine sorry, sorry you have yours sorry megan yes um mine comes from uh the middle fest chapter um and uh it, it's where um shallan meets if i remember correctly it's uh hoyd that she meets um, and she's, and it's the one where it says the messenger smiled to be human is to seek beauty. Shalon, do not despair. Do not end the hurt because the thorns grow in your way. Tell me what is the most beautiful thing you can imagine? And all of this, all, all of this surrounding this poor little girl. Oh, sorry. All of this surrounding this poor little girl whose, uh, world is so, uh, so torn and ripped apart, uh, and knowing where it is destined to go. Uh, for me was, was, I, 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 I can't wait to see this portrayed on screen. I want to see this portrayed on screen. I'm sure it will not match what I, what happened in my, in my mind as I watched it, but man, this is one of those moments again, where, um, the, the level three stuff, Brandon inserts these pieces about what life is really all about and going to someone. I think the difference between Shalon and Kaladin is that. Shallan meets Hoyd, and Hoyd drives something into sh- into Shallan's brain that allows her to overcome <laughs> the awfulness. <laughs> ah, you're going in a different direction. Um, that over- that allows her to overcome all of the awfulness. So that is is her life. And that if Kaladin had had the same opportunity, maybe he would have turned out. Maybe we would never have met the wretch. Of course, mm. if we had never met the wretch, we wouldn't have Kaladin. I'm glad you said that because that's going to lead right into my quote here. Um, it's, I, I've actually brought this one up in, uh, in Way of Kings, but it says, You want too much of me, he snapped at her as he reached the other side of the chasm. I'm not some glorious knight of ancient days. I'm a broken man. Do you hear me, Syl? I'm broken. She zipped up to him and whispered, That's what they all were, silly. Mm-hmm. And she streaked away. Now, you brought that up in Way oh. of Kings. They yeah. were all broken. And so I was waiting for that, and here it is. Yep. This, I... This is something that I think is going to be key for us going, especially going forward, as we, I'm sure we'll find more knights. Like this is a, a common thread. Everyone is broken in some way and all the ones right. previously were broken in some way. And that matters because 
This is why Amaram isn't Amaram isn't fitting to be the knights the leader of the knights radiant like Dalinar does. Like he, it doesn't work. It's not just the powers. It's the sort of person that they are and what they've been through to mm-hmm. make them who they are. Mm-hmm. That and that they th- and that they overcome. Mm-hmm. That they rise above. Which I think is what what attracts a lot of uh, attracts the spren perhaps that is there uh, that that forms that bond with them. So. I, um, I just want to bring up Scott's uh, on Facebook. He, his is probably one of everybody's favorites, which is uh, honor is dead, but I'll see what I can that do. Was, yeah. I, that was my next one. That is so my good. favorite quote, my but one. I specifically did not pick that one for this just because I've already gone through it like eight times. Okay, well, I've got everybody else's, or I've got everybody's other favorite quote. Uh, so try not to laugh too hard in your microphones. So yes, I, Adolin Colin, cousin to the king, <laughs> heir to the heir to the Colin princedom, have shat myself in my shard plate three times, all on purpose. He, oh my gosh. he downed the rest of his wine. You are a very strange woman. <laughs> so so when I when I was listening to that, I was driving at seventy miles an hour down uh, two fifteen right before the Magna turnoff, and oh, no. I'm sure that someone behind me was wondering why this little red car was weaving from side to side as I just <laughs> laughed and cried and laughed and cried. What a magnificently written scene. There was there is plenty of very great <laughs> level two, level three stuff. Even, you know, serious level one stuff yeah. but this was just a breath of fresh <laughs> so, air in the middle of the book really appreciated it uh it it was it was really out of place and i didn't care yeah. loved it no that's what made yeah. it that's what made it better was that it was out of place that well, it was and it's making it their relationship change. real like yeah. they don't just like each other because they're supposed to like each other they actually get along because they understand each other. like shalon's grown up with brothers she's not really that shocked and she actually had the gumption to say what she was thinking out loud and Adolin went for it. She has lots of gumption. She has lots. Probably big gumptions. Well, I think it's very I think it's fun because it's (laughs) whatever. No comment. We're going to let that one Yeah, that one's going to die at death. Yeah. (laughs) But I I actually one of my favorite things about that is the fact that that section and in that moment is Adolin immediately, she says, how do you poop? And he immediately continues on with his glorious story. (laughs) Right. Wait, Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> this is why this is why this is working for Adolin is because this girl is something so different from every other girl yeah. at court that he that he's been around and it's cha- it challenges him it changes him it makes it, it's interesting to him. And you remember the part you remember the the section where Adolin goes up to Kaladin and says, yeah. "I like this woman. Stormit, I really like yeah. this woman. How do I keep her?" And Kaladin's like, why don't you just tell her? I mean, I felt like I was I felt like I was watching a, a, a Disney movie for teenage children where one of them says, well, why don't you just tell them you like them? I mean, again, fun writing, serious stuff. But these these moments that Brandon does a wonderful job as a as an author of keeping real life things going on during this huge epic story. Beautifully written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, I've got. I have to say, we had one of our one of our listeners and, and uh, our live feed people, uh, Jared, sent us a message last night, and I appreciate you, uh, Jared. I appreciate you waiting until last night to send it in too. Um, oh yeah, 
Uh, he listed off just some things that he'd like us to talk about, and I, I can basically sum the list up as uh, every major plot point and the epi- and uh, <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and the interludes. Uh, talk talk about all of this. We weren't going to talk about any of that. So. I, I will have no, you know. I yeah, I we when I saw Jared's message, I I typed out a, a quick thank you, and I didn't look at it again until about ten fifteen minutes ago because. <laughs> I finished part four last night, and then I didn't read the interludes until this morning. I really wanted to time it so that it was fresh today. I did the same. We were talking I did the same. It. So, and I really, oh my goodness, I'm, I really loved the interludes. This time. I really they want to talk really about cool. Lyft. That's oh where, my that's goodness. my then second let's go, favorite quote. Let's go to Lyft. That's your point here. Hooray! Let's talk about Lyft. Uh, okay, my quote is from the Lyft interlude. It says, Stealing regular stuff was no fun. She wanted a real <laughs> challenge. Over the last two years, she'd picked the most difficult places to enter. Then she'd snuck in and eaten their dinners. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that she's this... Is she 12 or is she 13? That's Thir- never she's really established. She's 13. Thank she's you very 13. much. She's been this yes. many for three years now. <laughs> <laughs> Ken is holding up both hands with all the fingers. Uh, That's tough. Oh my that gosh. That Wouldn't that technically be 12 if she was 10 and then 11 and then 12? Oh, three. who cares? Anyway. Hmm. She's, she's too Not in, that hard to lose her train of thought. I'm sorry. No, she's so young. And she's been taking care of herself. And she stumbles across these powers. And I just love that her sprint is so completely baffled by her. I love mm-hmm. that she calls her sprint a void bringer. Just, <laughs> just a taunt. I like that she calls her power her awesomeness. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Well, did you and guys then notice? She was awesome. Did you guys notice something about her powers that's different than anybody that else? She that she can create. Stormlight. She, metabolizes she metabolizes creates stormlight okay. from food. Whoa. Yeah, one at a time. Nope. One at a time. Everybody. There's two things. I noticed nothing. No, she metabolizes stormlight through food. Mm-hmm. Which is something that Captain Darkness didn't know, which is why he didn't care. All of this for a roll? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. You're going to have to let us in on the secret. Well, and she does does say one of the oaths for the Edge Dancer. Yes. Which is cool. I like her reading that. The other thing is she can touch Windle. Yes. That's how she climbs. Oh, right. Oh, right, right. Because she is partly in the cosmic And Windle's like, I don't know why you can do that. Yeah, she's not supposed to be able to do that. But she does it because he's like, what did you ask of Mother? Oh, the, yeah. night the, the night watcher. The night watcher. Night watcher. So want, she's obviously been to the night watcher. watcher. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, so what is? So I'm very excited between, to meet this yeah. night watcher. Between her, so Terminator, and Dalinar. We kind of guess what we can kind of guess what her boon was, but I wonder what her curse was. She. Uh, I'm not going to take the time now, but there is something that she kind of lists out as I think it could be where she talks about it. But for the most part, yeah, that's need, what we're looking. I at. need to go back and read that one. Um, she is the one. Uh, uh, oh, not Scott. Who just reminded me? Jer- no, somebody just reminded me that uh, Lyft is the one getting her own it was Scott. novelette. Yeah. Was it Scott? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Um, It'll be in the Arcanum yes. Unbounded. Yeah, so this November when that comes out, I'm sure we'll do an episode on Lyft again. Oh, so. yeah. Ray, I need yeah. to know more about that edge dancer who managed to escape Darkness's implacable doom. Is uh, Javert-like? Yes. Uh, uh, Sense uh, of something? duty. Dude, Code of honor. He's weird. And you've, I mean, he, we've seen him once before already in another <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. in another interlude, interlude. with uh, with Yim. Yim. With, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a uh, world hopper, yes? It sounds it, like it. It sure looks like he it. He appears to be a world hopper. I talks, cannot like answer it. that. Well, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Uh, er- justice, though, isn't that one of the, that's one of the, uh, one of the. Orders of the Knights Radiance. Yeah. You are correct, Todd. You are on the right track. I do want to say, though, it 
kind of sounds like we're going to veer off, but I just want to say the quote where she, uh, well, she, where, ah, the idea of the night's radiant. Yes, thank you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It says, I will remember those who have been forgotten. And then she's able to make Gok alive again. Regrow. Regrow. Regrowth. Yes. Which is, uh, there, that's quite the power to have. I gotta um, say, yeah. I cool. I have no idea what's going on with the ten orders and their power. I'm just I'm just yeah. kind of coasting through this. I'm not trying to learn that stuff. I wondered if the ten orders were related to the ten fools. I'm I'm curious about that yeah. connection. Well, mm-hmm. I, I thought that uh, ten fools, ten knights. So the orders are supposedly patterned after the knights, but what if the knights are the fools? There's, Close. Oh uh, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. The heralds, I, not knights, or whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm looking sorry. forward to that. They're each patterned after, oh. and I can't say this. They're each patterned after the most identifying trait of a herald. Interesting. I, so yeah. there's that. All right. Okay. I, I got nothing. So let's step uh, out of Lyft's interlude for can a little we, bit. Can we talk about Teravangians? Absolutely, Todd. Oh, you bring up the point? Hop right in there. Okay. Oh, at, at some point, we'll talk about the story at hand again. <laughs> sure. The the idea that um, that that once again, we have individuals who are, we have multiple individuals who are getting the same kinds of warnings, the same kinds of inclinations that he, that his, that his um, diagram uh, has all of these things that it's predicting the all of the movements that are being predi- that are that are requiring him to move in a particular way to stop the the desolation that is coming. Mm-hmm. And this is based on a conversation with Gavilar. Yes, uh, six years before when he needed to learn the words that must be spoken. Mm. Um, I, I and for me the the thing that. Um, and this I I listened to this as I was driving this morning and it it. It caused me to have a, sorry, to be very emotional about something. Um, when he was, when he gets up in the morning and he has his, um, his assistants, his, his uh, helpers bring in the test to find out how smart he is that day. Um, it reminded me of uh, a friend of mine who, when they were suffering with Alzheimer's, would be given a series of tasks to perform every day to find out how the disease was progressing. Um, now, obviously, this is not Teravangian's problem, but it was it was it was powerful to me to identify that he knows that there's something different about where he's at. He's taking precautions. He's putting things into place. But all of this, and he still is dedicated to this direction because of this diagram, bleeding people out, listening to where they're to their dying to their death rattles, trying to find out where the uh, this. And it sounds like it's two spren that he's that he is tracking where they have moved and that they move to places where there is the greatest amount of death and destruction. So he causes it so they will show up so they can. Oh, my. Talk about a got that. Talk about a creepy, creepy way of looking at a, a very Machiavellian way to approach things. I'm sure in their world they call it a very Teravangian way to approach things. <laughs> well, they will when they, 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 will. Will. When, when they find out what no he does. No one knows it. that Teravangian is this way. He's he has done a wonderful job of hiding his 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 plan and his genius by putting safeguards in place to prevent him from undoing any of it, uh, to prevent anybody from discovering it and and playing the doddering old fool, uh, which half the time isn't played and the other half of the time is protected. Fascinating, fascinating character. 
and really, really fun part of the story. I enjoy the Teravangian thing because of the chance that it gives Brandon to uh, to think about and for us to think about the idea that just because something is smart doesn't make it right. No. And right. so you think about how it was, uh, I am assuming it was on one of his really, really smart days. He came up with the idea. It, it He talked about, or he thought about how on one of his smart days he was going to have everybody in the city who was of below average intelligence kill themselves. Kill themselves. <laughs> you know, it's, it harks back to eugenics in the early 20th century. Yes. But I assume it was also on one of those days when he thought of bleeding these people out to get the answers that he wants. And it's really smart. It's probably effective. Is it right? Yeah. The other thing that I that in in this section that was that was uh, impactful to me um, was when he was saying, "Oh, the diagram had predicted six, but there were actually seven factions that had grown up on that." Hmm. And that was where I said to myself, "Oh man, we've got another thing that's going to go wrong." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then there are also these little moments of. Uh, uh, that follow the rest of this, you know, all of this sets it up. Then he walks into the king's into the king's bedroom where he's dying, um, forces his bastard son that we've seen before mm-hmm. to kill him, uh, and says, "Oh, well, that's going to eliminate his ability to have any credible claim on the throne." And then somebody says, "Yes, and one of the honor blades is missing." Yeah, dun dun dun. And I was like, oh, man, there's the you just get to a point where you think, OK, I kind of understand all of the threads that he's thrown in. And then you realize, no, 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 no. there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. I feel like he, so he said this is going to be 10 books and two five part halves. And I don't feel like we're going to have all of the stuff until book eight. Yeah, at least, you know what I mean? Eight. Or at yeah. best part five of book knowing, 10. <laughs> yeah. Knowing the way that Brandon works, this very likely. Well, I mean, the way Brandon works, we probably, he's probably alluded to absolutely everything that's going to happen. <laughs> we just have no idea yet. He actually uh, made some comment at a uh, signing a little while ago that he's like, just like in Mistborn, the answer's there at the beginning of way of Kings. And I was like, what? I hate you. I hate time you so to go much. back and reread. Yeah, you, it doesn't matter. You can read over it a thousand times and you won't catch it just because there's a piece missing here or there or something. Yeah. All right, we'll move on from Teravangian. Anyone want to talk about the main characters of the show, of the uh, story? <laughs> me, I would like, I mean, I just, I want to, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, pick a point and let's talk. Okay, I will. Um, Kaladin's scars never heal, even with Stormlight. Oh. I thought that was interesting. There's probably a lot more to it than this. But you know what it reminded me of was the Matrix. We call it residual self-image. Oh yeah. Now I wonder. I wonder if mm-hmm. there is something to the idea of Kaladin thinks of himself as a slave, and so he's not allowing the stormlight to heal his scars. And this idea of him thinking of himself as a slave is what drives his bitterness, his anger, and ultimately in what is the worst part of the whole book so far is oh, what drives Sil away. Well, and I, I wonder if uh, those scars will heal themselves once Amaram is dealt with somehow. Uh, I, I, don't, so, I don't I don't know think, I don't think I, yeah, revenge I don't is the answer for Kaladin. You know what I mean? I, I think he's going to have to, f- I mean, justice. Find some peace. He's going yeah. to, justice is good, but revenge, you know, if he takes his revenge, that's going to, just be one more nail in the coffin. I right. think it's a it's a it's a powerful 
that's a powerful question of humanity as much as as much as the my the quote that I found before to be human is to seek beauty is is a is a part of that um, by the same token I think that um, that acceptance of of difficulty and disappointment is also a part of being human and I think until Kaladin gets past that he doesn't grow and you know that's one of the things that that still uh, and his relationship with Syl becomes so interesting and so frustrating as he takes on two oaths that cannot be both fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I just whoops. Yeah, when he when he gives um, the the moment where he gives away his second shard blade and plate. Yeah, because he's now gotten it twice, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. gives it away twice, but he gives it. I know, All the right? Storming idiot ideas. He gives it to Moash, and he says, yeah. "I'm in." I'm like, I, I. That was when I typed into our group chat last night. Oh, Kaladin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, eh. anyway. Sections three and parts three and four were not Kaladin's finest moments. Well, it's. I don't know that battle sequence. Oh, yeah. well, they, they were his, a lot of punching. They were his finest punching yes. moments, but they were not his <laughs> finest people moments. Well, I and I, think. you know me, I like looking for the parallels in the stories between Kaladin and Dalinar, and I'm just seeing how Dalinar resists the idea that maybe Amaram is not a good guy, and here we have um, Kaladin resisting the idea that Moash may not have good intentions and supporting him anyway, and it's just all going to blow up in their faces. Then that reminds yeah. me of, there's a, one moment that I really love, because one, one thing that I really like about towards the end of this is uh, when Kaladin comes out of prison, and Adolin really comes out of prison at yeah. the exact same time, <laughs> and they develop this relationship. Uh, that was I a took, great moment. I so took. Good. I, I used so. cold water for my baths. No, <laughs> no need to be completely uncivilized. <laughs> but he turns to Kaladin, and in that discussion, he says, "Is what you said true about Amaram?" And he said, "Yes, it was." And then, and and Adolin says, uh, "He had, it always like." It's always bothered me how good of a person he seems. I, it couldn't be true. And there yeah. had to be something. Anyone off about that him. clean is hiding something. I think basically. that's why everybody yeah. suspects me. I'm just, yeah. I, I just, I have this shiny veneer of perfection that drives people away from me. Go with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. I've got to. I have you, to resolve I'm glad something. You see that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you see that. It's it's an unfortunate character flaw, really. Yeah. My yeah. perfection. No, I, I have that. to. I, I have to resolve something right now because it's, it became an issue after our last podcast. Oh. And we're, it's, it's happening in comment section here again. I'm going to tell everyone, yes, yes, we know who Zyle is. We were playing, uh, I was playing dumb for a little while. We know that Zyle is Vasher. Vasher, Vasher yeah. We know. <laughs> We've had plenty of discussion. And it really wants, everyone was like throwing every hint possible. And when hints come from every direction, it's kind of hard not to be like, oh. Yeah, uh, to, yeah. to yeah. everybody listening. There is a very fine line between a hint and a spoiler, and <laughs> so many of you just ran right past that line. Oh, here we go. I'm going to tell them all about Zyle. <laughs> I do think it's now, interesting. That being said, I don't mind all that much because, as I understand it, it's not, like, super integral to the story, and so I'm not, like, I'm yeah, this, not mad at yeah, it. That's anything, not a super, uh, super duper spoilery spoiler. <laughs> it's not, but it's, and, I, and I'm also thrilled that all of you thought we needed that help. <laughs> well, I needed some it. Of us, Thank you. Some of us needed that help. But here's the reason why I'm going to bring this up now is because uh, that means that, A, he's a world hopper, Mm -hmm. and he's not the only one that we're dealing with right now. I think we knew he was a world hopper, though. I mean, from Warbreaker, we it was pretty much a given. We knew that Vasher was. We didn't know that Zaya... By the way, did I not call it at the end of our... 
uh, our Warbreaker discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. did. I you totally, totally did call it. it. And yeah. here's one of the other reasons. <laughs> there's two things I want to bring up. First is that Zyle was in Way of Kings originally in the original draft. Brandon said, decided, I don't want him in here, but I need him and his story available. So he wrote Warbreaker to give him a preface before he comes to Roshar. No uh, way. That yeah. is awesome. That, he, he wrote an entire book just... Warbreaker, like his drive behind <laughs> that was setting up this creation. As a guy uh, who's thinking. You know, this, this, a is, a, this is a, a very special human being. <laughs> so. Okay, so that kind of blows away my theory. I feel like I'm, I'm interested in all of these different magic systems and the way that they at some point will likely collide. And I just, every time somebody mentioned, I feel like the way they talk about colors in this book just always seems really distinct. Yeah. yeah. Brandon but. Sanderson writes books the way that I have bowel movements. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I kind of need to, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go do that. He's just like, oh, there's another novel. There's another novel. There's another novel. <laughs> Are you really claiming that he shits novels? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? Anybody nope. else doubted that I'm the Shallan of the group? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so which one of us is Halloran? Oh, wait, that means one of us dies. Well, yeah, so anyway. Uh, anyway, let me finish up my Vasher point. <laughs> sorry, here. sorry. My bad. We're dealing with two other world, there's at least two other world hoppers that we have been reading in this section and do you know have you caught who they are wit well um, okay, sorry three. yeah the the uh, the masked what's the masked one Iatil or whatever Iatil. her name is mm -hmm. Iatil yeah I, I I read that section I didn't listen to it so mm -hmm. um she is obviously from Skadriel uh so she what's has the, the mask one? you remember from the yeah. wax and wayne series the yeah 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 the, wax, the i'm we're pretty certain that that's where she's from we which by the way side note before you tell me the third one the flying parapet the archer tower uh-huh that yeah that navani is working on reminded me forcibly oh. of bands, of, bands of morning yes yeah the flying machines, the flying machines. so mm -hmm. anyway who's the third one marais oh marais sure yeah. Okay. You realize if Brandon takes the time to write out that someone has a collection and then itemizes that collection for you in the book and it's not making sense to what's happening there, there's a good chance that's a world hopper right there. Right. And that so if any of you have, you know, take the time and go through and each of the things that he itemizes and look at it and try and figure out where they're from, there's some that are pretty obvious if you've read all of the Cosmere mm -hmm. uh, novels. Um, and there are some that we, I don't think we have answers to just yet. Uh, but it, I, I read that and I went, Oh crap! It's a grocery list of Cosmere things. Here we go. But the I, the fact is, is we're getting more and more entrenched in, in Cosmere stuff happening behind this story. Oh yeah, this yeah. book is jam packed. Mm -hmm. Cosmere. And I, I wonder how it, this must be for somebody who's reading it uh, as a standalone for the first time, not understanding what the Cosmere is. Somebody just says, "Oh, pick up." Way of Kings, and then Words of Radiance. I think you'll like them, and then they do, and they read the whole books. I. I wonder about that. Like, is this kind of stuff throwing people off? Or, as I would hope, it, does it just kind of fly over their heads and is just flavor in the world? The first, I read That's this book. I, I read these books earlier this year, not thinking about its place in the Cosmere, and it did all fly right over my head. Mm -hmm. So, reading it the second time has yeah. been very illuminating. I read. Uh, I hopped on a discussion board and was was reading through uh, just that exact question. Yeah, and a lot of people said. You know, I had no idea what the Cosmere was. These were some of my favorite books. And then someone told me about the Cosmere. And then I went through it again and went, what is this story that mm -hmm. is hidden inside this story? Yeah. And that's what I love about all of these. Mistborn, Warbreaker, all of them. The Cosmere is not is its own story, but it is not driving these other stories, yes. their own, the narratives inside of it as much as it 
it easily could have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the the uh, again, I, you know, I I I say it. I say it just about every time. I, mean, I guess you're all sick of it, so I'll say it fast. Brandon Sanderson's writing style is masterful. That he can that he can weave it in such a way that each one stands on its own, and they're fun, and they're enjoyable, and they teach, and they're insightful. But they tie everything together. If you know the rest, it doesn't get in the way if you don't. But it makes it more rich if you do. It's like sampling something that has sampling a a, a chocolate that has multiple flavors as it dissolves in your mouth. It's really really delightful. Mm. Okay, all right. I like the chocolate. It's multiple better, better chocolate. than better have, than my analogy. We have managed like <laughs> three of the four main concepts we've talked about have been outside of. Shalon, yeah. Kaladin. So do we want to talk about Shalon and the Ghost Bloods? Can, hey, can yes. I talk about. Oh, sorry. Oh. Go ahead. Nope, Shalon and the uh, Ghost Bloods. No, you can't. Ghost Bloods. I don't need this started. I just want to no, talk no, no, no. about go, it. Shalon no. and the Ghost Bloods. Go, 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 <laughs> go. Shalon <laughs> and the Ghost Bloods. Go. She just. She is maturing really quickly. Like, nobody would have just ever thought growing up as sheltered as she did that she could all of a sudden start pulling these things off. And she does fall into a lot of it. And she has uh, help from Pattern. Who is fantastic, by the way. Pattern just cracks me up. Uh, but yeah, that first meeting where she goes, she's going into the dark basement. I just kept thinking, I, I oh, just so finished Warbreaker. Why? Why are you doing the, to, this to me, yeah. Brandon Sanderson? <laughs> dark basements are not a dark good Dark basements are bad places for women. Dark basements, red eyes, um, hearing I, voices. I like, so parallels, uh, she and Kaladin uh, are both thrown into the fire mm-hmm. uh, Kaladin is thrown in in book one and this is her book with the death of Yasna Shallan it's it's sink or swim time yeah. right there's no there's no going back she can only go forward and she's got to figure out how to swim and and she does really well at it and uh, I think that's one of the things I liked so much about the uh, the we're all gonna die date was uh, Kaladin's recognition <laughs> of this person who is just as broken as he is, but somehow has found a way to rise above uh, in a way that he has not. Right. Right. I mean, he's obviously capable. He's he's a good leader. Uh, he's a good soldier, but emotionally, psychically, or psychologically, whatever word you want to use there, uh, it's he hasn't risen above his problems right right yeah yeah this i i'm going back to your point about the slave marks on his head um brandon has come out and said that kaladin hasn't worked through things yet and that is that's part of that story Mm -hmm. that those, those marks mean something to him still they still have value there and i'm so smart i don't think smrt i don't know when we're going to see him work through that but we do see him take a step forward when he sees someone who is more broken than he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're stepping back into the chasm here with yeah. he when he sees Shalon and she goes forward and, and says her little deal about, you know, how you're wishing that they would hit you and, you know, they would hurt you instead of the other people. And he looks at her and goes, she's had that Holy this cow, entire she time. Has seen that, yeah. And she's like, it helps if you're crazy. Like, <laughs> turns around and I, I love, I, I love that Kaladin identifies that and can now work towards that. He starts to, the biggest problem he's got right now to move forward is the fact that Syl is now gone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is even more hurtful to him than the fact that his storm 
His search binding is gone. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, well, I think I, 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 I wonder if... go hand in hand, but... I, I, yeah. I wonder if he recognizes that they do go I, hand in I hand. I think he does. I think he noticed that, if um, I recall correctly, but... Uh, the the other thing that I noticed, though, is that um, in the... At least it was it was a piece that I picked up on, I, and I, I'm anticipating that all of you did too. When uh, Kaladin has that moment in the storm where he sees Stormfather and he mm-hmm. says, "You've you've killed her. You've killed my be- you've killed my beloved," and yet then a little later on, Pattern says to Shalon, "Well, yes, but maybe a spren may be brought back if the if the even though the betrayal the was done, if the radiant is still alive." And I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, "All right, can I?" Let's do the podcast so we can get into chapter and part five and see if that happens real quick. Yeah, it's kind of this uh, similar feeling that I had when he had his hand sheared through by the the shard blade, or is oh gosh, I don't want to deal with this. I you know it's going to be nine more books of handless Kaladin, but right. then he you know he brings his hand back to life, and oh thank goodness. I'm assuming a similar thing will happen with Syl. She'll can, be back in my life, and I can be happy again. And I the same so. thing with ja- with Yasna. That's yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. On, on a different note. Does, does Yasna become a spren? <laughs> Can people <laughs> sure. do that? I don't know. I don't know. Um. So, yeah. Let's talk spren since you just said that word. Okay. <laughs> Any anything? Uh, there was a cryptic at the duel. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it was pattern. You can't just say things and then expect us to know what the what your. I'm sorry. Point it was is. it was that moment where it, it was the moment where Syl is. I mean, I remember the moment, but what what's your point? No, th- that um, that there is that there are um, other spren, and I don't I I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was in reference to um, pattern, but we also know that Elokar has been seeing cryptics. And so yeah. out of out of the corner of his eye. And so I'm wondering how many other people that are in this place have spren that are nearby, that are following them, that are waiting for this moment to make themselves known mm-hmm. so that we can finally yeah. see these knights radiant and that and that is it possible that the that the bridgemen are the breeding ground of that place because they're the most broken of all if if huh. the knights radiant are are all broken they all were broken mm-hmm. is it possible that the bridgemen are the foundation point for all of the for the refounding of the knights radiant and that's why they follow kaladin that's why kaladin was there and that's and and dalinar's move to liberate the bridgemen sets the process for that but these cri- but the idea no. that there's a cryptic there I don't know. I I find it interesting that Navani makes a comment at one point saying that they, quote unquote, um, took my daughter. I don't want them to take my son. And I just wonder if she knew that Yasna was one of the right or that she had a spren or she had something because she knows that Elokar is seeing things. But he doesn't know. Uh, we don't know if she knew that Yasna was. We I just know that Yasna withdrew when she became a teenager for some reason. Which how how about that response that when uh, Shalon climbs out of the chasm? I know. And all of a sudden, oh yeah, the she mother, finally gets her mother. How does Dalinar say it? The mother. The mother axehound. Axehound. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I I loved that because it was frustrating me, especially early reads through, that she would push Shalon to the side so much. Yeah. And just say, you know, here's. You're, you you were the bringer of bad news. I'm gonna I'm not gonna pay attention to you. It bothered me because I I like Navani a lot, and I don't think that a that a character, a good character like that would do something like that. And but then again, you know, 
Ivani gets the mother things. character that she really needs and no. Shalon gets the mother character she really needs and Navani gets the daughter gets to take daughter care back, of that yeah. she that she always wanted mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to do that with. I think it's interesting that um, Spren have a gender and that they tend to bond to people of the opposite gender. So far. So far. Yeah. So, far. so far. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I did not catch that. Syl has a whole conversation about um, what she's talking to Sigzel. And she says, technically, it has something to do with the way people view us. Personification of the forces of nature or some other gobbledy blarthy. Doesn't that bother you? That you might be the creation of a human perception? You're a creation of your parents. Who cares how you were born? I can think. Yeah. That's good enough. I like it. Yeah. Oh, Her simple so. logic. That reminds me of uh, like so some cool. of the sci-fi movies about artificial intelligence. Like, I can think. Therefore, I am. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. All right. Who else has a point they would like to discuss? Uh, Dalinar. We've talked precious little of Dalinar today. uh, And I think even the last episode didn't feature him all that much. Um, He plays, I mean, he's still a major role in the story, but he's taken a little more of a background, a backseat to some of Shallan's stuff. But there's there's something about Dalinar that uh, that I really like, and it's, uh, uh, it's exemplified in his camp as Shallan wanders through his camp and the other camps and compares them. Um, she's wandering through, what's Sabariel? Sabariel's camp, yeah. and, and she says whorehouses, or she thinks whorehouses were common in every camp, of course, but they seemed more blatant here. Or she might have been in... Uh, she was in Sadie's camp. Sadie's camp at that point, sorry. But anyway, it, it and she's contrasting that with Dalinar's camp, and smelling of oil and polish right now but it does say explicitly whorehouses were common in every camp of course but they seemed more blatant here Mm -hmm. and it brought up something that's been on my mind a lot with dalinar over the last couple books um and it's kind of like why why pretend that your society is good when it clearly has issues that's kind of the mindset that sadius Mm. seems to have why pretend that you're good when you clearly have issues um hmm. dalinar's camp has whorehouses but wait they're not supposed to have whorehouses they're the good guys they're following the codes right well not necessarily it kind of reminds me of decency laws that yeah. were in vogue a generation or two ago but mm-hmm. have um fallen by the wayside and please don't misunderstanding uh, misunderstand me i'm not saying that we need to bring back decency laws i i have lots of thoughts on that subject i i don't know what to think of it exactly but but this idea of, you know, censoring sex and violence and profanity in your society, right? Um, I have a tendency to just say live and let live, but that has to be balanced against the knowledge that people are fallen creatures. And we have to have an ideal to look up to, and Dalinar gives them that. Whether they follow it perfectly or not, they have an ideal to live up to. They're not just left to their base desires and behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a really good thing, even if it's imperfect, even if Dalinar's camp is still home to, you know, uh, lots of gambling and sex and violence and all these things. He at least tries to give them something better. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them take it. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it's and like I say, I, I don't know exactly which way I, I would come down on this today if somebody said, all right, we're here by banning all gambling in all 50 states or whatever. I, you know, 
the the libertarian part of me would say screw you (laughs) but uh at the same time there is something to this idea of living up to an ideal Anyway, well said. Uh, I, I, right as you say about how great of a person yep. he is, let me throw this to this one. Are you going the same place? Yes. Go ahead. Where Wit tells tells him he's a tyrant. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh how much was that just like the conversation in Elantris with Rayodin? Um, when, when is he talking to Serene? Uh, he's t- hey, I think he's talking to Serene, and, and she says, you're a tyrant. And he says, well, yep. Better a benevolent tyrant than the alternatives yeah i love wits i marked uh, wits quote um in there where uh with all due respect bright lord that is not quite the truth you seek for power you take hold and let go only with great difficulty dalinar bowed his head do not sorrow wit said it is an era for tyrants i doubt this place is ready for anything more and a benevolent tyrant is preferable to the disaster of weak rule perhaps in another place in time i'd have denounced you as spit and bile here today i praise you as what this world needs it's like that is such an interesting concept. I took a, cl- a class in college uh, called uh, uh, the, I can't remember exactly the word. Um, I'll call it the benefits of power because I can't think of what the other word was. And the whole class was around the concept of what power is, real power, perceived power, everything. And the first thing, very day one of the class, the professor was like, you need to break your definition of power and your definition of the word manipulation because otherwise you cannot understand this concept. And this is one of those things where he's talking about tyranny, and we're not saying that there's a good tyranny necessarily, but that there's a place for it, that there's a time for it, that when used correctly, it can be for the benefit of It's, of it's almost like human progress requires certain steps. It's parenting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's parenting, because... Uh, uh, that's, and that's what he said in the first book, in the first, right? In the yep. first book, he looked at it. He said, I've been treating them like adults. They're children. And, and really, when you look at, when you look at, uh, at, at a family unit, um, it is a very tyrannical regime when the children are uh, underage of being able to start making choices. The difficulty comes when, they be, when the children grow and start having the ability to make choices and and must make choices if they're going to progress, but the parents don't allow it. Now, we can have all kinds of conversations about good parenting, bad parenting, love and logic, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But but the reality is that's what that that's what the what the family unit goes through. Dalinar is just doing it on a much, much, much larger scale. And I think that's where Wit's coming from when he says in another age, I might denounce you in the same way that parents who try too long to rule their children's lives and tell them you will do this because I say you will. We would look at those and say, wow, those are terrible parents. And yet um, that's that's what kids need early in their life. Early and and quite frankly, what parents need to be able to control themselves too is a knowledge that they're doing it for their children's benefit. And this is where Shalon's father gets into real problem is that he's doing everything for his benefit. How? Sorry, sorry, real Obviously, quick. Obviously that was sorry. a comment that popped no, up. No, yes. Yeah, comment popped up from Jared, dead Lenar. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Perfect, that was awesome. Here's, oh, I, spoil the rod, or what is it? Spare, spare the, rod, the rod, spoil the 100,000 children? Well, I just was curious then how that fits in with the revelation that Dalinar is the reason why Roshoni was sent to Hearthstone. And Rashoni, pretty yeah. much ruined. Ruined Kaladin's life. Yeah. Um, Again, we get to a place where where Dalinar looks at 
Dalinar looks at a much larger piece of this of this process. I don't think that um, I don't I don't think that Dalinar is used to the idea that he has to consider the ramifications on a personal level because his family, the ones that are the ones that are personal to him, are largely preserved from the uh, destructive impacts of those kinds of choices. Hmm. And he's thinking about it from a larger in in much the same way that a parent might say. Uh, to their that that a that an, uh, a father or mother might say to brothers or sisters that also have their own children, you do whatever you need to for your children, but I'm going to take care of of what these children need right now. I understand you have a different way of going about it, but this is the way it needs to be. Interesting. I think that if you follow into that section just a little further, Dalinar responds to Wit, and it's one of the few times we actually see Wit take someone else's comment or advice and goes, "Hmm, that's a." Interesting thought. Um, Dalinar says to him, I receive in Alethkar only what I have demanded. In taking the throne by force, we implied, yes. no, we screamed that strength is the right of rule. Yes. If Sadius thinks he is stronger than I am, then it is his duty to try and take the throne from me. These are the fruits of my youth, youth wit. It is why we need more than tyranny, even the benevolent kind, to transform this kingdom. That is what Nohadan was teaching, and that is what I've been missing all along. Mm-hmm. Like, the tier, like we talk about the value of the, there's a time for tyranny and everything, but there's also, you have to find a, be a way to be, get past that and push beyond yeah. it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you end up with, like you're talking about people, you know, the children, they tell their children all the way through their life, they're, they're incapable of their own uh, direction. You wind up with a different kind of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, 56 minutes in, I have not given the word of the day. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Please do so. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. I, I put a little uh, note on the last episode in the, in the notes. I'll put another one in on this one. Uh, the word of the day today is, that was it. It's is. The word of the day is is, I-S. Is. So, I will. Uh, <laughs> we will not accept I-Z. <laughs> <laughs> this is not some rap video, you mm, guys. Is. So, uh, yeah, combine that with last week's. Wait for one more uh, next week and then tweet at us the phrase for Words of Radiance. It's a pattern. So. Uh, I, I got to say, I, you know, I'll read something with wit and then I'll read something with Shalon and they're all picking at everybody. And I just thought, I want a battle of wits between wit and Shalon. I don't. I just kind of want to see where that. But then, but then she runs into him. <laughs> She'd lose, but, you know. Oh. She runs into him and immediately gives him this huge hug, and Adolin is just like, "What? You hugged Wit? No one that hugs Wit. That was funny. <laughs> no one does that. <laughs> oh, He's so unlikable. How could you hug him? I, that's the King's Wit. Hasn't somebody killed him by now? It, it was <laughs> funny. He also, goes, kinda, at, goes at Amaram in that moment. Yeah. Oh, oh, that, that was, was right. I even flagged Please, that. That was one the first more. One time. more. <laughs> that was the first time that I. I truly liked reading wit was as he was pounding away at amaram mm. which like oh, this i can get behind every other time i'm like okay you're funny and now you're not now you're just He's tired and every time shalon does that too i'm just like yeah i'm done I don't he know. has a very i love his very deft touch in how yeah. he directs things it's some very slight changes nudges here there he comes in and he tells kaladin the fleet story yeah. that was yeah. that was that was touching it's which is a very interesting story and I remember every time I've read it, but especially the first time, how abruptly I it caught me off guard as Kaladin ends this story. It says, and he died. You know, the storm caught him, he died. And it's like, oh, so you do know this story. And I went, wait a minute. There's supposed to be some moral to this, you know, some something you can learn from. And 
he just dies. And this this story, like every story Wit tells, matters. Mm-hmm. It matters to Kaladin. It's going to give him the piece that he needs to figure things out. Um, and Fleet's story, I, I, I want to know where Brandon comes up with these stories that he uses inside of his story, these little pieces, because, I mean, that's... It's a beautiful story. If yeah. you actually read yeah. through it a few times and, and think about what's being said there, it's beautiful. So. I didn't quite know what to make of it, but I figured there was plenty there that I could come back to on a second reading and figure out. Well, it's interesting how wit pops up in Shalon's life as well, where he comes in at a place where she's just feeling so dark and she's trying to save her family and she's trying to fix things and she talks to Wickham and he just blows her off and she runs into wit and he says... You know, something along the lines of, really, you don't think you've done anything? And she looks up into the carriage where Wickham is sitting and he's working on the math problems that she had given him to try to help him take his mind off of how horrible their lives are. And then proceeds to tell her a story that helps her to feel a lot more mm-hmm. in control yeah. of things like she can like she can handle what's coming. Wit gives what is needed to move forward. And I would like to bring up this this idea that wit gives people things it's usually in the form of a story but in the what are we talking what, what do we call the uh the things at the beginning of the chapters the epigraphs, the epigraphs. That, that's yeah. an epigraph i'm doing it with my hands right now uh, International totally sign for epigraphs. i think that is the american <laughs> sign for epigraph uh no, in all, the epigraphs let, let's all do it i assume uh, I, uh, like I said, I'm only at the end of part four, and so I haven't got the full picture yet, but it sounds to me like this is a response to Wit's letter in Way of Kings. That's, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yes. what I was thinking. And, that's exactly and there thought. is one of the epigraphs where he says, I, I hope that you will consider our um, uh, policy of non-intervention or whatever the phrasing is, but Wit uh, is apparently at odds with whoever's on the other end of this letter because he is intervening. He's doing something for these people. Uh, I'm very, very curious to find out who Hoyd really is and how he gets all this doggone Mm -hmm. information. He seems to know absolutely everything that matters. And you can't do that, you know, just by traveling around the way a single person, uh, mortal human does. Unless he has the internet. Unless he has the internet. He has the ultra internet. Right. Anyway, very curious. Would you like to hear the full second letter? Uh, Oh, have we had it? Yeah. Oh, it's done. Okay. It's all there. Sure. Let's hear it. I'll address this letter to my old friend, as I have no idea what name you're currently using. (laughs) Have you given up on the gemstone now that it is dead? And do you no longer hide behind the name of your old master? I am told that in your current incarnation, you've taken a name that references what you presume to be one of your virtues. (laughs) That was the clue that it was wit, by the way. That it was Hoyt. This is, I suspect, a little like a skunk naming itself for its stench. (laughs) Now look what you made me say. You've always been able to bring out the most extreme in me, old friend. And I do still name you friend for all that you weary me. Yes, I'm disappointed. Perpetually, as you put it. Is not the destruction we have wrought enough? The worlds you now tread bear the touch and design of Adonalsium. Our interference so far has brought nothing but pain. My path has been chosen very deliberately. Yes, I agree with everything you have said about Ray's, including the severe danger he presents. However, it seems to me that all things have been set up for a purpose, and if we, as infants, stumble through the workshop, we risk exacerbating, not preventing, a problem. Ray's is captive. He cannot leave the system he now inhabits. His destruction potential is, therefore, inhibited. 
whether this is whether this was Tanavast's design or not, millennia have passed without Rays taking the life of another of the sixteen. While I mourn for the great suffering Rays has caused, I do not believe we could hope for a better outcome than this. He bears the weight of God's own divine hatred, separated from the virtues that give it context. He is what we made him to be, old friend, and that is what he unfortunately wished to become. I suspect that he is more a force than an individual now, despite your insistence to the contrary. The force is contained and an equilibrium reached. You, however, have never been a force for equilibrium. You tow chaos behind you like a corpse dragged by one leg through the snow. Please hearken to my plea. Leave that place and join me in my path of non-intervention, in my oath of non-intervention. The Cosmere itself may depend upon our restraint. So. All right. I have nothing to say to that. That's, this except, is one of those. Except what good writing. This yeah. is this is again Cosmere stuff, and uh, you have not met the the person who receives the um, the other letter the other letter the person who wrote this one, um, but because it's not going to really mess anything. His name is Frost, and he is a dragon from Ooh. like an actual winged fire breathing dragon. They're just called dragons. That's all I know. It's from the Dragon Steel series that Brandon oh, okay. wrote in his during his master's thesis that he's going to rewrite after Stormlight. So mm-hmm. very interesting. Wow. Very cool. That'll be a while. But yeah, <laughs> there's that second letter. Now we have we have somehow managed to cross the hour mark without talking about Ken's favorite thing in the That's world. That's why I've been making the motions. <laughs> we need to talk about the punching. There's yeah. I, there's no way we can avoid. There's which there's so a lot of punching. It's Man, also good. So much good punching. <laughs> Pick so, any of Adolin's duels, the Chasm Fiend, like. Ken, what was your favorite punch and bit? Oh, really? I mean, it was uh, what are chapters fifty six and fifty seven? I mean, that's the the four on one that turns into the four on two and a half duel. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so which one was the half? Oh, poor Renarin. Uh, real quick, I'm sorry. Just while Renarin has been brought up, because I don't imagine we'll talk about him much anymore. But does anybody else find it uh, interesting in some way that Adolin has named his horse? To compensate for his brother's weakness, Adolin's horse is named Sureblood. Hmm. Oh, anyway, I don't know what to make I of that. Maybe it was just uh, an unconscious thing on on uh, Adolin's part. But I, huh. I, th- I thought that was interesting. I didn't actually. I, I don't that know until that you mentioned I, it. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's the case or not. Let's, uh, Renard, let's, I'm curious about the box give, that he's always fiddling with. I want to know what that's all that's, about. Yeah, I want to know that too. Let's give Craig a real bright gold star for the day for coming up with something that the rest of us looked at him and went, huh. Hey, he's not just pretty. You mean like this podcast? Uh, I will. Yeah. I will give Renarin points. The whole thing. (laughs) I I bust Renarin's chops a lot, but I'll, I'll give him points for, I mean, in way of Kings, he steps up in front of a gigantic, massive chasm fiend to come to the defense of his father. And now here he is going up against, not really going up against, but just showing up in support of his brother, going up against four shard bearers who are just wailing on him. Is there, is the, is there an order of the Knights Radiant that is based on loyalty? I'm I sure would there is. Assume so. Oh yeah. I'm nice. just wondering. One of my favorite virtues. Well, I and assume I, so. I just I don't know. I mean, he steps into these, and then he just he. F- well, he does draw away one of the people, one yeah. of the shard bearers, so that Kaladin, Adolin is only facing three. And and only. fortunately, Which, they have at least you know the shred of integrity to not just to not hurt forthwith. Renard. You know, run him through. Yeah. 
knowing that that would probably cause problems should they win. And but look at but. look at what happens in that moment when like when 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 they're about to lose the duel, and re- the guy takes off to sorry not when the the four have all realized that they're going to lose the duel and he's mm-hmm. going to take off to make yeah. them pay by taking down Renarin. Like that's a pretty epic something that happens there. When when Kaladin does a last clasp, a last clap. A la- Kaladin does the last clap. And then, well, and then, and then there's the scream and the shriek, and, and it sounds like Sill, and then that happens Relis again right as he's falling, falling into the chasm. And so those are connected somehow. I don't know. It seems almost, uh, I, I didn't know what to make of it, but clearly touching the shard blade itself affected Kaladin and his connection with Sill. And Sill has been somehow. pushing him not to, not right. to accept a blade. And he just Calls very naturally, well, and he very naturally opposes them. You know, for for what he says, I've seen too many people I love die at the hands of them. I will not handle one. But maybe there's something more, you know, in in terms of his his surge binding, in, in terms of his radiance, that keeps him from wanting to to uh, touch the blade as well. Except Shalons. That's true. That's true. He did handle Shalons, well, but when, but he handled but still, it. But is it at because Sill is gone? It's interesting though that second scream happens when he falls into the cavern cat chasm chasm yeah. with Shalon and I wonder if that was at the same time that she uses her powers to shield herself and accidentally shield him like if somehow her power somehow hurts this this is a question that I somehow. have is and this is a 100% honest that it, it could be very obvious and I've just missed it I don't know how Kaladin has killed Sil yeah I don't know what he did like he yeah, was trying I, to draw stormlight and he's like I will not die here Sill screams and then she's gone. What did he do that killed her? I kind of assumed it was on her part. She, because of his oaths, his breaking of the uh, of his knight's oath, uh, she can no longer approach him the way that she was once able to. She's trying. She's really trying, but she can't. And so, in his last, in his moment of need. She finally breaks through one last time and expends whatever power she has, yeah. and that breaks her. And it saves, That's what I it saves his life. Right. But it costs her hers. Right. Right. That's Aww. what I, th- I I wondered about that, too. That was that was kind of where I went with that. Well, there, there's something clearly something clearly connected between that and him touching the shard blade in, in the duel. Because after that, I mean, when he's in prison, she's kind of distant and weird and then she becomes like like a little kid like she was yeah childlike like she was when she very first started showing up and and i think the childlikeness it comes because he's now made two oaths and maybe maybe but that was where he made the conflicting oaths (laughs) here's notice did y'all notice how quickly we got away from the punches yeah right but anyway i didn't notice that That, that's because there's so much that happens in the pun i don't know the the punching in this one you can you're right the punching in this one is not is not level one only. Yeah. It is connected to the level two and level it, three It stuff. really is connected to all the other stuff. But it is so, such good punch in two. I mean, there is such good level oneness in that. But it really, it's just, it, the way that it, it leads to everything else is incredible. Did you like the way that he said uh, that when, when uh, Kaladin jumped into the fray, he lashed himself downward so that he was falling on top, falling toward... One of the shard bearers. It was uh, lands lands in his back plate, crushes all of the bones of his legs and his feet, but still manages <laughs> to knock him over and says, "Draws in enough stormlight." Yeah, his feet still work. <laughs> <laughs> if only he'd had pewter. Right. <laughs> so, I got to take it back to the chasm fall, 
And here's why I don't read it the same way you do. Okay. What would her breaking through to him have done for him? Well, her connection to him is what allows him to breathe stormlight in. It seems like, yeah, that's right. That and so clear, if right. she is able to approach him uh, on a, not, not geographically, but on a personal level, if she's able to come close to him, then he's able to breathe in that stormlight. But I, I don't can't. know why that, but he does. Uh, during the he, fall yeah that last he, he gets that he last gets little just a, does he yeah just, just at the very bit. end he gets oh, a, just a little bit that's the assumption that we're making but no, I don't it think it's no, no, it, no it's, there's it a line there that you're saying that yeah he's able to breathe in a little bit there but i don't he gets hmm. one last uh, sounds like last clap oh because his, one last because gasp his spears were done yeah when they but, were just before he hits the, I, I just read it before we came in here, but it, it, just before he falls, he gets one last little bit of stormlight in there. And it, it saves him. Shallan thinks it's her. I don't think it, it wasn't her. It they was, both think that they accidentally saved the other. Mm-hmm. Which, by the I, way, I'll, there's so much secrecy that I'm just like, just tell each other. I can't. Yeah, you're I, you're I a very see, straightforward fellow. She's still alive. I see what you're saying with that. I still can't buy that as the pure reasoning there. Um, like she just couldn't be there because she's been with him. There's nothing preventing her from being with him. It's just their, their bond has weakened enough that he can't draw in the stormlight. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's Um, not ringing there for me quite, quite as fleshed out as I'd like it to be. Can we talk about more punching? Yep. What Mm, punching? Maybe the chasm fiend fight. Oh yeah. (laughs) And... Uh, and how much fun that was, but but also it's kind of the same thing you were just saying, Todd. It's not just punching, right? This is when Shalon finally reveals is the one that her convinces powers. she convinces Kaladin to take up a, a shard blade. Yeah, that was a yeah. great moment when he finally mm-hmm. does it, and he does it. He is able to, in part, I think, because Syl isn't there to well, tell him not to. Because he's protecting someone, maybe. But will protect she, those who cannot she protect says themselves. so often through the first book and the first part of this one that those blades are evil. And he says, why? And she said, I don't want to talk about it. They're evil. And we don't know why, but there's something about them that is anathema to Syl, right? And so when she's gone, that's why he's able to take it up. I, so I'm not saying that this is a good thing. I'm not saying he should be a shard bearer. I, I'm just saying it was it was yeah. a ton of fun to watch him go after the uh, the chasm fiend with it. I'm yeah. I'm just saying also though remember that her shard blade is different. Yeah, Sil has been yeah. saying all this time that there's something wrong with these shard blades because they're not being wielded by the radiance. They're not being like they anybody can pick up a shard mm-hmm. blade and use it as long as it's given to them by the owner or something. And I I don't think Shallan's functions in quite the same way. Well, and you have, did you catch the other thing that's there twice in this, we have seen shard blades or shard things do something unique. Hers changes size based on what she needs. Yeah, which is And then you have, reminds me of the time that Luke Skywalker did that with a lightsaber. (laughs) What? Uh, By the way, Scott has reminded us that she doesn't say evil. She She says says wrong. wrong. Ah. Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. Thank you. Yeah, so the shard blade can... It changes there, and then the helmet that Kaladin grabs in the arena <laughs> fight. Oh, that's so awesome. over his hand it on and turns in. All of a sudden, he's got a, he's got himself a big punching hand. I love the moment that he goes and grabs it. He raises like the half spear that he's got left, and he's about to hit the guy over the head. And give me your helmet, like, knowing that I probably actually can't do this, but he right, <laughs> gave it to me anyway. All right, he goes and uses it. Worth a shot. But the helmet sucks out a stormlight too, which, which oops, oh, yeah. oops. 
Can I can I say that my probably my favorite part of the fight with the with the chasm fiend was after when Kaladin is lying underneath it and she starts trying to cut him free and he <laughs> says, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable down here. <laughs> Again, the I I love it when Brandon inserts human humor. The humor that that real people would do in these kinds of situations mm-hmm. to lighten it just enough to make me believe in these characters and care about these characters just a little bit more. Yeah, I love his comment about um, yeah, you had to, or she was like you had to go off in a you know, try to be swallowed by a chasm fiend. He's like, from my point of view, he succeeded. It's like no, no, you're you know half out or whatever. And then their whole puns all the way through and you know save us from ourselves we're making bad puns like that's how it's, you deal with tough things in life right? well, oh, it's, it's what shalon has learned in trying to that's her coping mechanism for all of the junk that she's gone through she tried to get her brothers to laugh and so that's what she continues to do and it and kaladin just all of a sudden is like oh my gosh she's like tn she's helping me out he resists yeah. it for so long until he figures that out. Yeah. And then he says, oh. I'm in. I'm okay now. Yeah. I can, this, com- now I this helps complete her. me. It helps recover, repair me. You know, and okay. hopefully hopefully it just stays at that because Shallan points out to him, really gives him the, the slap in the head that he needs for these two sections and, and kind of turns him around because the, the entire two sections, he's been you know, blaming his problems on somebody else. Mm-hmm. He's been saying, my my lot in life is not my own. It's It's been cast upon me and... I am just the product of all of these bad things that have happened in my life. And she turns him around and says, you don't have any responsibility for that. What, life? None of, what? None, life isn't fair? No, none of this. Yeah. That's life isn't news. fair. What? You know, none of this is. People the res- abuse their power? Yeah. None of this is the response of, of how you react to the things that have happened to you. You know, basically yeah. saying, shut up. Stop pitying yourself. Grow up. Yeah. yeah. You child, which he still is, by the way. He's only 20. The 17 year old yeah. tells the 20 year old to start being an adult. Right. Is she still 17? Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. is. She's she um, right on. We and have to get to this point. I have to. We did, we haven't talked about Eshenai or Moash. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eshenai, Moash, Dalinar, and re- uh, revealing Amaram. Oh, what what? The, revealing Amaram. I don't think that's. In yeah, we haven't four. got there yet. I'm pretty sure. Don't I you, read it this morning? Because yeah. it happens. Be- no. Is it at the beginning of five? It must yeah. be. Don't talk. I was going to say, Ryan. you. <laughs> Ryan, you lose. Ryan, we hate you. You now. said that you during the recap, and I went. We knew it was coming, but we hate you now. <laughs> you you made us all not read, I just can't. deliberately <sighs> not read into section five. And then you. To be fair, it's not the most exciting thing that happens in section five. You moashed us. <laughs> all right, Moash and Esh and I. Moash. <laughs> talk Moash, talk Esh and I. Uh, I will Esh hold and off and just be safe. There's a few things that I wanted to talk about, but I wasn't sure where they were. I was pretty sure that that was the end of four, like because it's before they. One start of the reasons the why I've been rereading it, so I didn't talk about anything. Esh and I, and the way that she's. Oh my gosh. Round that she rounded up all of the ones that resisted, getting ready to kill them all, including her mother, and then fighting down the voice inside her all the time but noticing that her sister doesn't seem to have the same problem yeah, yeah, sister is yeah. her sister the, is, oh man the, the problem that i have with talking about the esh and i storyline right now is that all it is is oh what's gonna happen yeah i mean there there are no answers yet yeah only questions but but so. we do i i still think the the connection of the spren encased in stone which we had that started this whole deal is a is a big piece that we're going to be coming back to that Brandon Sanderson is going to be used and it ha- figures into my prediction which I will hold off on making until we get to the prediction point. Well, I I'm, think we're 
pretty we're close. about there we're we're yeah. wrapping up our hour and a half that we have uh, for this i know everyone would like us to go longer um we have some limitations especially on the live video stream of an hour and a half there and so we're gonna have to kind of keep pretty tight to that okay and also i just don't like you guys enough that's the true. four of you i mean back at you buddy yeah, yeah that's, well, yeah. that's just see this nice. pizza box it's not staying <laughs> your here. feet stink no bye-bye <laughs> okay let's go through last thoughts then final thoughts last things you want to talk about just get it wrapped up here shard blades are a tool by which spren have been imprisoned i like that prediction uh, okay that's good that's maybe good. and that flows around it, with the with the idea of the stones and that by releasing them that's what brings back the void bringers that's what brings back their gods interesting Ken? Uh, I don't really have a prediction other than I bet uh, Dalinar outs Amaran sometime in section five. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have a feeling that happens. I bet there's some punching with that. I bet there is. <laughs> Probably, uh, Ken, I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, proud of your insight in this book so far. <laughs> Craig? Uh, yeah, I, I, one very, very quick one and then one quick one. Um, in the Teravangian inter interlude, I knew it. I knew it. There is more to the thrill than just yeah. the love of battle. There's more to it. There's something behind the thrill. And I'm very yeah. excited to see what that is. Okay. Second one. Um, one of my favorite things about all of Brandon Sanderson's books so far, but especially this one, is his economic thinking. I, I think anybody who wants to world build and write fantasy novels in anything approaching a similar way must at least go get like a minor in economics and understand the way things fit together. One of the coolest things he's done is you take this idea of stormlight and stormlight is encased in these gemstones and that's where magic comes from on Roshar. Now, thousands and thousands of years ago, the Knights Radiant were, you know, magic was much more plentiful. People were actually using it. It was out in the world. It was visible. And so those gemstones became a real source of power and in this case currency and thousands of years later people are still using these spheres with the different denominations of gemstones based on how much stormlight you can suck in from the gemstone it's so cool how he thinks thousands of years into the past to go what does why does the world look the way that it does now the magic system doesn't exist just to give the heroes a cool way to fly around it exists in the world and he makes it an integral part of it i love the way this guy thinks as he writes books and that that's it and there's another period. great economic moment when uh, you get to learn about sabariel and He's like, I don't yeah. really care about the gem hearts so oh, much. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Because I, I'm running the back. Has to, have, has to buy food. Yeah. Yep. And I really love Kaladin's moment where he comes out with a Chasm Fiend heart and rolls it out to Dalinar. It's, it's <laughs> fun. Um, I, I get nervous now all of a sudden that about one, bringing something up. While you're, and while you're looking. Saying, <laughs> that, you should and, be. And Shalon saying, oh, no, we found, a, we found a dead one half rotting and pulled it out. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you little brat. I know. That uh, yeah. the intro to Sabariel, they're kind of back ending everybody. It's like, hey, I've, I've got control of all of the economics. I thought that was brilliant. He, he's yeah. actually much smarter than he gets credit for. Did you just say Sabariel is back ending everybody? Yes, I did. Okay. I just wanted to be clear. Yeah. So I, said it. Uh, I, I just double checked to make sure <laughs> that it was okay. It's in the Teravangian section. I was pretty sure it was there okay. in the interlude. 
Uh, we haven't talked about Zeth at all. Oh, oh. I thought Zeth that. and Ortru. That's that, and that's. Uh, let me just say to those who are listening who are saying, "Oh, you should be doing two hours." This is why we have three episodes, and why the third one only has one very short section. Because mm-hmm. yes, we know Short-ish. there's a ton to talk about, and there will be a ton more. But you know, we'll we'll have time. We'll get there. Here's here's my my final thought. Just bringing up Zeth, and this is it: is when he goes to Teravangian and reveals himself and Terabangian freaks out and like, I have the Oath Stone, everything, what's going on here? And Zeth actively seems to be looking for an excuse to say, there's no way that, that I have to be truthless now. He's trying to find it because he's, he's losing his mind. It's, mm-hmm. it's really breaking him. I just find it very interesting that Zeth comes to the owner of his Oath Stone and says, you have to, you have to write this second, basically. Prove me wrong or I get to start killing who I choose to want, or who right. I choose to kill, and I have to take the blame for Wait, it all. Wait, what? He doesn't say that, but that's basically. That, that, he's um, that's earlier on. He's been. He's on the tower, oh, and he oh, says, oh, "Well, when he's in the tower, him. he gets. He says at the very end of his interlude. Now yeah. I get to kill who I choose. Yeah, yeah because he feel he realizes that he's not truthless. Yeah. So Teravangian also realizes very quickly, like if I don't convince him right now. He can kill me because is this, he's not bound by his oath stone because he's not truthless. Is right. this why he's so desperate to keep Zeth away from Kaladin? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense Yep. than what I was thinking. That's yep. great. Uh, okay. okay. Cool. Megan didn't have her final thought. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't like being the last thought because what if it's not a good one? It's always a good one. Now you're going to be thinking it has to be a good one. I um. It might not pulled be a good out one. this one that. <laughs> Kaladin talks about after he refuses the second set of shard plate, he says, I don't want my life to change because I've become a light eyes. I want the lives of people like me, like I am now, to change. I just think that that bespeaks that still chose correctly choosing Kaladin because he is a man of honor and he wants to take care of and protect people. And I don't know why she is gone right now, but I really hope that she comes back. All right. The end. Okay. All right. That good? All right. We'd better call it, uh, ladies and gents. Uh, We are going to wrap up this episode, episode number 106, Words of Radiance, sections three and four. The word of the day today was is. Is. So uh, keep track of that for next week. I'll also throw this out there one more time. The Legendarian Podcast is brought to you by viewers like you. Right? Is that how does it go on PBS? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Like that. Like so that. no, we really do need your support. Patreon.com/slash/legendarium. I uh, I have been frankly blown away at the support that we've gotten. Uh, every little, uh, every so often, I'll send a text over to Ryan and just say I can't believe how generous people are being. And uh, we're almost halfway to our goal. Uh, you can go to the legend, or sorry, uh, Patreon.com/slash/legendarium to see what the goal is what we're looking to do with those funds and help support the podcast. We very much appreciate everybody who has done so, and we, quite frankly, very much need more people to do so. Uh, So we will see you all next week. I believe we're going to shoot for Saturday again, but we'll hash that out and we'll put it on Facebook. So if you subscribe to our events and subscribe to our live videos, you will be notified when we are going live. Uh, anyway, we'll see you then for sec- or part five, I guess he calls it part five of Words of Radiance, plus all the rest of the book, the crap that we couldn't get to, and we'll <laughs> try to move a little faster maybe through some of these subjects next time so that we can get through them. Nah. 
<laughs> you guys are all going on a social blackout, social media blackout until you finish part five. Oh, no, here's the oh. thing. I, I, I all have already mentioned how I timed. I got with, done with this literally 10, 15 minutes before we started recording. I finished up Teravangian's interlude. And you're all leaving my house because you're not allowed to be here anymore because I need to read part five. And my day is my day is set. I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. Yeah, so you're right. Media, social media blackout, but that'll only last another hour or two, I think. So, <laughs> anyway. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you all in a week. 